So picture the scene. Mm-hmm. It's ten to six in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're in the back of the taxi, just outside Fairview. Okay. And you hear this. Do you know what that is? I hope it's the radio playing in the car. It's a really creepy version of Jingle Bells. Yes. I hear it now. On Thursday the 11th of July 2019... My taxi driver inexplicably played this. Like, we weren't talking. We It was one of the ones where you get in the taxi, oh, how are you? Yeah, all good. Oh, you're off to work? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then he was just playing... It was just a mix of music from his phone, and then all of a sudden... Why? That sounds like something that should be on Lyric FM or something. I absolutely love it. But in July? Yeah, but listen to how cool it is. It's all, like, dark. I thought I was going to die. Why? That's beautiful, Callum. Not in July. Well, have you ever met my mother who doesn't stop watching (laughs) Christmas films all year round? That's true. I think that's a really cool song. I would. It was just because it came out of nowhere and it's so creepy. At what point did you realise it was Jingle Bells? So at the start, you hear the pling, 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 pling. And I was like, ah, sometimes they just listen to like classical music. And then it just clicked. Hold on a moment. This seems familiar. And, and it th- was Jingle Bells. And then you realised and you're like, oh my God, this person has the best taste in music. <laughs> This is What Would You Do If, the podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If questions. So we've made it. Episode 16 of season one of What Would You Do If. It's the last episode of the season. Episode 16 isn't really a normal number to end on, is it? No, but you look at like what US TV shows do and stuff, and they sometimes only make 12 or 6 episodes a season. Yeah, so we've made a fair. Yeah, we've done well, and we're going to be back. We'll tell you more a bit later, but for the final episode of season one of What Would You Do If? What's the question? What would you do if you got a death threat? A death threat. I feel like you probably don't really deal with this a lot. Women tend to have it more often where like, a random person will just be like, you know what, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to kill you online. Yeah, no, I can't say I've ever experienced that. Yeah, I don't think I really have either. But, you know, you see tons of women dealing with this. I'm sure men do as well. But it's literally just, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to slit your throat, whatever. You see a a fair few celebrities get that or people in the public eye, don't you? Yeah, but it happens to, like, just random people on Twitter as well. So if I got a death threat just in my day-to-day life, I think I might run away. Where would you run away to, though? Because say if they send it to you online. Oh... They could have a tracker and say it's on your neck and you don't even realise. Oh, I've not even thought of that. <laughs> well, okay, if I have a tracker inserted on my neck, if I if I get a death threat, I'm going to go to the hospital. Just say, can you scan me for trackers, please? And then the hospital will go, no, you're a crazy person. Here's a mental institute. And then I'll be admitted and then they can't get me. Yeah. Off you go to the mental hospital. So then I'll just stay there in a nice padded room. I'll be looked after. No one can get to me. And then what happens when they go, actually, he's fine. Let's release him. 
then just before they say that, then I'll go crazy. What if the person who's threatening to kill you? Oh, no, I know what you're going to say. No. In the hospital. Oh, no. What if that was their plan all along, get in your head, get you sent to the hospital and then they're a nurse there or they're your consultant and they get to write a prescription to put you on some drugs to have you like really kind of in a phase and dazed out all the time and then they get to just control your entire life. In fairness, if they planned that, I'd shake their hand and said, you've made an excellent plan here. Well done. Do you know what? You can take me. I'm happy with how far you've planned this out. It's not just an opportunist one where you send me a letter and then you're waiting outside the door for me. You've actually, you've you played the long game. Well done. So you just give up. You're like, you know what? You tried really hard. Yeah. You can kill me now. Well, you've got to reward them. They've put some effort in, haven't they? Reward them? They want to be a murderer. Uh, some people want to be firemen. Some people want to be police people. Some people want to kill people. This is the problem with Ted Bundy documentaries. <laughs> it gives people something to aspire to. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a little bit unhinged, please... Please don't take this as confirmation that you should go crazy and start killing people. We don't want to be held accountable. I can't be dealing with a lawsuit. Look, we're not going to be held accountable if someone listens to this and goes, actually, yeah, I'm going to listen to some Ted Bundy documentaries and podcasts and stuff and then just runs with we can pass the blame onto the people who made the documentaries and then be like, you know what, it wasn't us. Don't blame me. Blame Zac Efron. Yes, exactly. That's it. Jessica... Death threat through your door. What are you going to do? I feel like I would tell my family. I would be like, yo, someone said this to me. I'm a little bit freaked out. Um, I would do whatever my mother says to do then. If she tells me to go to the police, I'm going to go to the police. If yeah. she says ignore it, then I'll ignore it. And I'll probably go a little bit crazy myself from the fear. Go and hide in the attic or something. Well, now that you've said that I should go and hide in the attic, the person is going to know I'm in the uh, attic. Don't hide in the attic. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to, seeing as it's not even converted and birds live in there sometimes. You'd be and- a one with nature. What about the mice that are sometimes there? Okay, I will say we haven't had mice in years and I will get in a lot of trouble if I even (laughs) suggest that there's a mouse in the house. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't like to live there just because there could be mouse poo or something, you know. So you'd be the sensible one and you'd speak to people. Yeah, I would tell everyone what's going on. Just be like, look, if you see some deranged looking man holding a knife or beside woman. me. Could be a woman. How often are women murdered by women? Come on, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> no, realistically, like the majority of women are killed by their partners or ex-partners. So at the moment, everyone has to look out for you <laughs> if I'm getting death me? Yeah. Because you're the most likely suspect. Yeah, but I'm not clever enough to plan an entire heist of you. That's the reason that you wouldn't kill me. Because you're not clever enough to plan it. Not because you love me. It's because you couldn't pull it off. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) No, it's the other reason as well. I can't wait for my mother to listen to this and kick you out. Yes, uh, if anyone has a spare room in the Dublin area, preferably quite cheap, just to hit me up. So just on the back of death threats, obviously you've never been threatened by death, but have you ever been threatened to be beaten up or anything? I don't think so. Have you? Yeah. Really, when? When I used to work in Tesco. Okay. And it only came up on my time hop this morning. 
So TimeHop is an app on your phone where it pulls all your posts from social media and even from like your camera roll. And this is from seven years ago. So I got threatened to be punched in the nose by a bloke at work because I wouldn't serve him cigarettes. What a wonderful world we live in. Ooh. I remember this. So I used to work on the customer service desk at Tesco and we would do lottery and cigarettes as well. And the policy at the time was if you're selling products that were for 18s or over, you had to think 25. So if the person didn't look 25 years old, you had to ask them for ID. Tobacco was think 25. So I asked him for ID. He didn't have ID. And he was said, right, what time do you finish? I'm going to wait out there and I'm going to punch you in the face. Oh, my God. But that wasn't... I was threatened num- numerous of times. I actually had someone swing a crutch at me whilst in the shop because I wouldn't give them a refund on a mobile phone that they brought. That's awful, Callum. But have you ever been in a situation where you've experienced that even just on the street? No, I think I've been okay. Um, when People I... just don't want to mess with you. Maybe I'm an easy target. <laughs> you don't look like an easy target. Why? Because you've got rough hair, you've got, you've, you're have got unshaven, so you're all spiky. Yeah, you're... I'm going to chin them to death with my spiky <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe you're a bit of an easy target. <laughs> Um, no, when I was traveling, I got a few creeps coming up to me. Um, there was this one guy and he basically was following me around the store. And he came up to me and he started talking to me about how great I was. And he was like, oh, my God, I love you so much. I think that we should be together. You're from Ireland. Oh, my God. I know someone who lives in Ireland. Oh, my God, my uncle's from there. I can go over and see him and also go see you. We can be together forever. Just give me your number. I was like, no, man, I don't want to. I don't want to do this, yo. And he, <laughs> And he was just like, no, no, we will have a beautiful life together and I was like I don't know you and he just wasn't getting it I was like look I have a boyfriend he was like your boyfriend isn't here so I was like yeah he's in Ireland where I'm from (laughs) and where I'm going to go back to (laughs) so then eventually he was like really creepy he followed me around the place for ages and my friend who I went traveling with and I were like oh my god that that was the creepiest thing and I just had so many creeps coming up to me during the whole time travelling and we were like wow that wasn't the creepiest thing it just happened everywhere so the moral of that story is don't go through Europe because there's a lot of creeps yeah maybe just don't go through Europe with really nice makeup and hair done because that was my problem they just saw me and were just so wowed that they were like oh my god I just have to talk to this woman you know I have a feeling that I'm gonna know the answer to this question but If you get a death threat, what should you do? When I was Googling this, there wasn't actually a lot for me to be able to write down. Um, Like, there was actually barely any information about it whatsoever. So, the things that I've come up with are, first of all, obviously, reported to the police. Yeah. So, log every instance of it. Don't leave it go, oh, it was just once off. Go down to the police straight away. Get any evidence whatsoever, like screenshots. Make sure you hold on to them forever. If it was like verbal, then try and get a witness if you have one or even just go down to them and be like, look, this is what happened. Can you just make a record of it? And then that way, the more records you have of it, the more of a history that will build up. And eventually you can just go to them and be like, look, what are you doing for me? I need some sort of protection here. So if you see it happening, someone else record it, obviously, because they can't. And you see this all the time with like people on the tube and stuff when someone is being like racially attacked 
and then someone else records it to be like, look, this what happened today. Yeah. Also, make sure that people that are around you are aware of it. Don't just hide it or bottle it up or anything because first of all, it's very stressful. You need to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it's going to be good for someone to know that this is happening to you so that if they're around and the person comes along or something, you've at least got that where they know, okay, that's the person who we're looking out for. One of the things that I was actually thinking about, but it, I didn't see it written down anywhere, was to go to counselling or see a therapist or something. I know that it sounds like one of those advice things that people just say for everything, like, <laughs> oh, you're going through a breakup, go to counselling. Oh, your pet just died, go to counselling. Oh, you were hit by a car, go to counselling. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> this is one of those things where it could actually help. Yeah. No, no, 100%, because, again, talking about it is much better than keeping it bottled up. Yeah, you need some sort of support, so especially if your friends are just useless then talking to someone who can actually help you through that kind of situation and be like, look, maybe they're not going to act on it. Just chill. Then that can be helpful. The thing about talking about it and stuff is, like, you have to try and make sure that you are being protected. So that includes with your support network, with the counsellor or therapist that you might be seeing. But also, if you feel like the police aren't taking it seriously, then you have to try and escalate it. So by escalation, what do you mean by that? So, like, say if you're reporting it to a policeman or a Garda and they're like not really taking it seriously then you have to try and go okay can I speak with your manager or whatever or your supervisor or your senior officer Yeah. and then try and move up because sometimes they just they're like oh well we've more important things to be dealing with this doesn't seem like a great use of our time but surely it's a threat to life you can't be prosecuted for doing death threats or like threatening someone um, like in America you can get five years max in jail for death or bodily harm threats and that's just threats that's not even carrying anything out yeah like even if you threaten to throw acid on someone like an acid attack oh. then you can get up to five years in jail because you're threatening to do yeah. something to them in England and Wales it's normally ten years max but if the person is say a big risk to the public yeah. but Ireland it's you can get a fine which is kind of random ah, yeah. yeah you can get up to ten years in jail or a 1,500 euro fine that's different yeah, I like where does that money go? Does that go into the government or does the person get that to be like, sorry that I threatened you, here's one thousand five hundred euro. Suppose the fine is there to sort of deter people from doing it, because a thousand quid is is a fair bit, but that's not a lot if you've made someone's life a living hell. Like if you have someone who is constantly on edge because of these threats that you've made towards them, they're going to want to see some sort of justice where the person goes into jail and they can't do it again. Yeah, I think they're going to think that a thousand euro is just like nothing. Yeah, like there was actually this case in the UK where there was a woman, Shanna Grice was her name. Um, She was 19 and she reported to the police that a man was stalking her. Yeah. Um, His name was Michael Lane and she reported it five times in the space of six months but they just didn't take it seriously at all so she said that basically she was being stalked and she wanted some sort of police protection yeah they didn't take her seriously whatsoever they actually fined her 90 pounds for wasting their time really yeah because she never told them that they had previously been in a relationship oh so they were like look you didn't tell us this here we're fining you for wasting our time thing was he had been reported by 13 other women for stalking God. in the past. 
And they didn't look at that. No, they just completely ignored her and stereotyped her as a crazy woman. So he put a tracker on her car and loitered outside for a home. He ran after her down the street, pulled her hair, grabbed her phone. And then he used a stolen key in July 2016 to break into her house. And he was in her bedroom while she was asleep. Oh, God. So August 2016, then he killed her. And the police had done absolutely nothing to protect her, like. That's an awful end to that story. Mm-hmm. The judge in the case was like, look, the police really let her down here. Um, they completely stereotyped her. They made it out that she was crazy and sided with. The stalker made it out that he was the victim. It's absolutely awful. Gave the man a life sentence. And then the police had to be like, I'll investigate and yeah. everything. Could you imagine if your daughter had reported to the police a multiple of times that Five this man... Five times. Like, it wasn't a death trap, but he was still having threatening behaviour. Yeah. So they should have taken it seriously. He should have gone to jail anyway, just because he was being so threatening yeah. towards her. Like, breaking in someone's house while they're asleep, like... You, you, you've got to think of how people think that that's acceptable. I know, it's awful. So you say that story there was, it was back in 2016, so it was about three years ago. Yeah. I feel like death threats have become a, a little bit more of a norm back home in the UK. And I hate to say that because there's been a lot of incidents, especially online on Twitter, where people are threatening MPs over their stances on Brexit. Yeah, I was literally just thinking of Brexit when you were saying about it becoming more normal in the UK. It's absolutely crazy what's created. So there's an MP called Yvette Cooper, and she's not the only one who have had these, but um, she's been having messages sent to her on Twitter. This was earlier in the year. Uh, It was a Twitter account, um, and it was accusing Yvette Cooper of sending pro-EU propaganda. So she was on the side of Remain. Um, and she had this tweet saying, please stop spreading this propaganda or I will kill your kids and grandkids. Oh, my God. And you think, oh, it's online. Nothing's going to be done about it. But this is where I feel like maybe the police in the UK have been trained a bit more because there was an arrest on that. There was extra people at the party conference uh, in terms of police and stuff. Maybe because the MPs are in the public eye a bit more then that's why... That precaution was stepped up a bit, but you'd like to think if that was happening to anyone, then those precautions would be taking place. Yeah, Brexit seems to be really bad for creating this kind of death threat kind of thing that's going on where everyone seems to be threatened for having their own views. Like, you know, your woman who made that petition that got millions of signatures about Brexit. Yeah. She actually got loads of death threats as well. And she was going, I can't believe that people are willing to kill someone for a Brexit that they don't want or for a Brexit that they do want. And she was going on about how like politics should be something that you're willing to die for, but not something that you're willing to kill for. Yeah, there is such a divide in the UK, especially over Brexit. And it's so sad to see things like that happening. But I just pray to someone that the police in the UK have learned from that instance back in 2016 and they take anything that's like that seriously now. Yeah, realistically, they probably won't. Like, women are constantly let down in this sort of instance where they're not taken seriously, they're considered crazy, and people are just like, ah, sure, it's fine, just get on with it. Like, they deal with so much. But yeah, the judge did say that the police had to be trained more, and they were. They had to attend, like, training sessions. I think that went all across the board where everyone had to step up and be like, okay, this can't happen again. So hopefully they have learned. 
And I know we were laughing and joking at the start of it, but please don't do death threats. <laughs> That's what you want to end the first season on. Please don't do death threats. Yeah, but just like I'm going to use this platform just to say be a good person. Don't send death threats. Don't be mean to people. Don't intimidate me in the street. Don't intimidate me on the bus. Just be a nice person. And eat as much chocolate as you want because that makes the world go round. There we go. That's a nice wholesome ending. We're at the end of season one. Oh, I'm going to cry. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to have Saturdays back for a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. If you've tuned into one episode, if you've tuned into all of them, thank you for being one of our three listeners. Three? Who's the new one? (laughs) Uh, If you're the new one, thank you. My mum, your mum and someone else. But if you have any suggestions for what we would cover in season two, you can get in touch with us. Uh, Everything is on those podcast notes that you put up that I don't read. Yep. I work so hard at them and then at the end of every podcast Callum's just like and by the way here's all the information I'm like I already wrote it down you can get us on email Facebook Twitter Instagram we're all over the social media thank you so much we will see you in season two yeah thanks bye bye it's like we're at the Westlife gig and they're saying who can hold this note the longest and then at one point Shane just went no come on come on we're done you did it (laughs) come on we have to move on now mate if you like this episode of what would you do if you can subscribe on your favourite podcasting app with new episodes every Monday thanks for listening to what would you do if